Intelligent design, right? Could you hold on? Hold on a minute. Just hold on a minute. Um, the network is kind of breaking, so just take that again from intelligent design. Just begin the explanation.
oxygen to the air, perfect for the ozone layer, and every other thing. Do you get that? Mm-hmm. So, you see, this oxygen design alone proves to the whole world that there is an intelligent designer. This thing wouldn't have just formed on its own. It wouldn't have just formed out of the big bang. Mm-hmm. All right? And so, looking at the earth, you, you look at the, the trees, you look at the, the, the sky, and how that, you know, there is perfect oxygen, there is perfect, um, perfect amount of air, every other thing, you discover that this wouldn't have just formed on its own. One other thing we need to look at Moses is um, gravitational pull. You know, scientists have discovered that um, gravity pulls uh, or gravity pulls to the earth a certain amount of air, a certain amount of gases that is so perfect for the earth, mm-hmm. for human habitation, that if we didn't have this 9.86, uh, you know, uh, whatever, whatever units of gravity is, yeah. we wouldn't have had that much, that much um, oxygen and that much air for human habitation. Do you get that? Wow. 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 So, so you see, the F is intelligent in its design. Mm-hmm. Sure. No, 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 go on, please go on, go on. I need to finish up with you, like, so, just go on. Um, so, you know, everyone who's hearing me right now should, should think of this thing, you know. Have you ever woken up in the morning and then you look at the sun, you look at the sky, and then you look at the temperature, you look at the oxygen and everything, you look at the trees, and then you, 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 you tell yourself, you say, wait. Scientists claim that this thing, everything I'm seeing right now, just came out of that. That it was just a bang. Mm-hmm. Everything just go. Logical. It's like accident, right? Mm-hmm. And you see, energy being put by a house, you know, it's a very horrible accident. And then, you know, I looked, I, I, I looked at the car and the car was, and how disintegrated everything was. And I told myself, so, there was a large bang when this thing happened, and then out of this large bang, everything just disintegrated, and nothing, the, the, the perfect design of the car just came nothing. Mm-hmm. So I'm not thinking to myself that, you know, they say the big bang theory was just a bang, like a big accident, and this big accident, you know, all this intelligence that we see. And I told myself that it can't be so because every accident. Will result into disintegration. It will never form integration. Does that make sense? Yeah, that's true. So if if it was an accident, um, then it couldn't have resulted in something that was not accidental. Exactly. Exactly. So um, I think this is one of the premises that I would I would give to an atheist. You know, as 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 as, um, as an argument, you say, this is one of the reasons I believe that God created the earth. This is one of the reasons that God created the universe, because there will never be an intelligent design mm-hmm. without an intelligent design. You look at the car, you look at your house, and then you look at this and behind this intelligent thing, behind this intelligent building right now is an intelligent design. Someone planned it, someone executed it, and someone did it perfectly. So goes for the end. I think this is one of the premises I would like to, you know, put across. I don't know if you have any other premises. I believe you have another premises to, you know, look at this argument as well. 
whether God is real. Yeah, I just want to draw out. I just want to draw out some some of the things that you said. You know, some really really um, yeah. amazing stuff. Um, first, you talked about intelligent design, but before we go there, you, you know, you mentioned a lot about scientists, and you know, while preparing for this, you know, I came across a couple of things, and then there was this quote. Quotation I saw by um, John Lennox, and he says, and I quote, Statements of scientists are not necessarily statements of science. Nonsense remains nonsense, even when talked about by famous scientists. And I feel like this is, this is an area where we've, um, we've missed it in some sense. You know, people, people begin to think that, um, because, you know, certain, a certain scientist said something, Therefore, um, it is science, and it's not true. It's, it's like it's like I mean, it's like uh, how do we put this now? Um, it's like if Kubala trying to um, talk, he's just giving it. He's just having an Instagram live video, and then you now take every single thing he said there as as how to play football properly, when in actual fact he's not talking about. So in the the normal human being is taught to separate the person as an actor. So when he's on the field, he's a football player. When he's in the training ground, he's a football player. But outside of those things, he exists as an individual with, with opinions, with mindsets and everything. With biases too, which is another thing we're not, we're not considering. Every, every individual has a bias. And those biases affect um, the conclusions they arrive at. And in some cases, some people hold their biases so strongly that they would um, uh, manipulate and um, misinterpret figures to mean what they think it should mean. You get what I'm saying, right? So, so that's why it, it would seem like you know some people would say, oh, um, but then there's scientific proof to prove to say that God doesn't exist. But that's not that's what we're saying here. The fact that um, a scientist said something doesn't make it science. Science itself is what makes it science. Right, and then there, there was this other thing you said. You know, um, you talked about the Big Bang and how. Um, um, I don't really want to go into that, but I'd, I'd like to point out something. Um, the implications. I think I think I'll do that at the end. Let me just go into my premise first, and then I'll point out the implications of of life without God. Right. So um, the next the next thing the next thing we'd like to look at is um, what I'd like us to look at is Creation, and if this is something you mentioned before, you know, uh, um, Aristotle proposed something, and I'm just going to give us the um, paraphrased version. So here's the idea: for everything that was created, oh my God, can you hear me? Okay. For everything that was created, there must have been a point of creation. In other words, if we don't get lost now, just stay with me, everyone. So if we have an infinite loop of creation, we would never arrive at an end. So it would just keep on going in circles and circles and circles. Therefore, if something is infinite, then it can have no beginning and no end. Do you get what I'm saying? If we say that something is infinite, it means it does not have a beginning or an end. For something to be finite, I mean, the, the, the life and death of people is a proof that there is an end to life in itself. The extinction of animals is also a proof that there is an end to living things themselves. So, if there is an extinction, if there is an end, then there must have been a beginning. You don't find, 
you know, um, you don't, you don't, you don't, um, how do I put this? You know, if, if you're, if you're, um, if you're looking for, if you're driving a car and then your tire rolls out and you stop somewhere, you don't begin to think, oh my God, um, my tire is going. I would never, I, my tire is going to come back to me or something like that. You, you stop there and you begin to think, where did I leave my tire? So you trace your steps back to where it all began because this incident had a beginning for it to have an end. The end result was that one of your tires went out, therefore your car faulted. Before your car halted, it was previously in motion. So something happened that stopped your car from moving and caused your tires to move out. You get. And so in the same way, when we look at when we look at um, creation and we look at everything, it didn't just happen. If it just happened, or if if it's a continuous series of events, then when is the end? Then why have things ended? Do you understand? So if we're saying if we're saying that um, thing that the world is, I mean, the world is pretty much as as, as it is from a Christian worldview, the world is going to come to an end. And the reason why the world is going to come to an end is because um, of a couple of things we're going to talk about later. But the, the 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 idea that the world is coming to an end proves to you that there was a beginning, and that can be the same for every other thing. You know, there was another thing you mentioned. You don't just see something and ask. Um, what is this? In fact, when you see an object, the first thing you do is, what is this? How did it get here? Yes. So asking yes. what mm, is because you have the idea that there is a creator. And so the, 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 the subtle idea that everyone ought to um, have when you look at nature is like, what is this? Who made this? Because you don't look at the object and you're like, you, you miraculously appeared. You know, Big Bang, you don't just wake up in the morning and then you open your room door and then you're like, oh my God, Big Bang just happened. Absolutely nothing created everything in my room. I guess what? There, there is an entire universe, solar system, perfect gravitational balance. Everything is just happening in my room. It didn't just, and that thing is science. Another thing is science is that if um, an experiment can be conducted, why we have experiments is that um, certain occurrences can be recreated if all the conditions are right. The conditions to make nothing yes. is not hard. You just need nothing. Again. So we should all be able to create big bang with absolutely nothing. You get. So since we cannot do that, it means that um it also drives me to the second thing. I'm 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 kind of like juggling a whole lot of things together, but you're getting the point, right? So if we yes. say that um, nothing didn't come out from nothing, nothing was created from something, then we are against the fact that there was someone who possibly took out time. I mean, you explained a couple of things, how um, um, if we were a little bit to the left or to the right, it would have been too cold or too hot for us to exist here, yes. meaning that our existence uh-huh. on this place had to be as a result of carefully orchestrated plans. You know, there's nothing I, I want to point out. Um, uh, it's also the fact that, um, you know, people, people say things like, if God is real, then where is he? Like, where exactly is he in the universe? And to that, I would love to, to that, I would love to say this, you know, um, for, for a being to create time, space, and matter, that being must not be limited by time, 
faith or matter, right? And this is another thing we're going to talk about when we talk about the attributes of God. You know, um, He can't be limited by time. Let me put it in perspective. For you to create a code, you yourself, you're not a code. The code is limited to the um, environment you create for it, but you yourself, you're not. You get so to that code, you are God. So the code does not see you, but it has been made by you. And so the idea of, of thinking that oh, God is supposed to, we're supposed to look up and then see God just looking down, it's, it's it doesn't, it's not. How do I say? I don't I want to be as respectful to people who have these ideas that it's not, it's not, it's not, it's not it doesn't work that way because God has to be outside of the systems he creates for him to be um, God. He can't be influenced by time. He can't die. He has to be eternal. He can't be influenced by space. He, he must be able to be everywhere at the same time. He can't be influenced by matter. He can't be um, limited to um, bodily functions and all of those things. You can't say, oh, there's a place God cannot go to because it's, it's too big for him. It can't be. If, if it was, then it can't be God. Do you understand? So God has to be able to operate beyond the dimensions. And to see that every single thing that has been created has been created, um, to say that every single thing that's created has been created by what is within these parameters, that space, time, and matter, is to actually defy some laws of science. Because we look at the law of um, conservation of matter and energy, it says that matter and energy can neither be created nor destroyed. So for us to have this large amount of energy surging through the universe, that means we must have another cause, another large amount of energy somewhere in the universe. Yeah? That is creating or that has created what we have here. Do you get? So, and there isn't, there isn't any, we're still, I mean, we're still trying to grasp our minds with this one universe we have or this more, more universe that we have. And now someone is telling us that we have to grasp, um, something else creating this. So that's why, that's another reason why God, um, that shows that God exactly cannot exist in our time frame and it can't be something in our time frame that was responsible for God's creation. You can't say nothing made something. Nothing couldn't have made something. It doesn't mm-hmm. add up. No, so nothing didn't make sense. something. It's illogical. It's actually illogical. Sorry to cut you short. Exactly. But, you know, whenever I, whenever I listen to this premise, whenever I listen to this argument that, oh, nothing came up, you know, it defies most of the laws um, that we know, most of the scientific laws. Exactly. Know, because nothing comes out of thin air and becomes so precise and becomes so... Organized. Um, so... Perfect and organized, exactly. Organized, it, it just doesn't make sense. <laughs> you know, um, and I wanted to, um, you know, so some of the things we're discussing here, we won't, we won't extend to it. Like we said, there, there are a whole lot of other premises we could talk about, but we're just going to talk on these, on these ones and then run through them because you have like some other things we need to pay more attention to. So um, we hope this helps you. But let me give you let me give you one other thing before we move on from this point. The implication of um, of the non-existence of God. I want to start here. Um, you know, Dr. Ravi Zacharias of Blessed Memory. Um, he said something. 
He said every word you had to um you know go to can you hear me? Oh snap. Can you hear me, Daniel? Okay. So every world view has to go through um, um has to be able to answer these questions. And they are origin, meaning, morality, and destiny. Origin, meaning, morality, and destiny. So now let's assume, let's take the two that we have. Um let's take the two answers to the question of is there a God? If the answer is if the answer is yes, and of course we're we're, we're coming from um, Christian worldview, Judeo Christian worldview, you know, and if the answer is yes that there is a God, this would mean what would this how would this question be answered? Let's look at the question of origin. It would mean that we all have um we all came from God. We we're all made by Him. You know, it's it's something that you probably heard if you probably heard of something called the Imago Day which is how we are all made in the image of God. So we came from God, we are made in his image. We are the image the image of God. We came from God. You know, we talked about this last week and how our purpose stems from the fact that we are created by God. So this is what it would mean if 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 there was a God. Then second meaning. So every one of us would have an eternal purpose. Because like we talked about that the God who created the universe cannot be limited by Our purpose too, as his creations, must be eternal. So we would have. And the next thing is morality. So right and wrong are real categories based on the character of God. Right and wrong are real categories based on the character of God. That is, um, however God's character is, is what is wrong, right? So um, the last one is destiny, and the destiny is that create. According to the Christian worldview, of course, creation will be redeemed and restored. Creation will be redeemed and restored. But now, this is this is this is the interesting part. Let's assume that there wasn't a God. This is what those questions will look like. So, number one, um, we start with origin. We came from nothing. So that that's what you mean, yeah. Then meaning, our lives are nothing. Because if nothing brought forth nothing, the meaning of nothing has to be nothing. Nothing is. So, um, look at morality. Um, morality would be something, you know, people, especially um, a good number of atheists want to argue and say, you know, I don't need God to have a moral law. And they say morality would be subjective. But here's the fun fact. There are some cultures that believe that you should eat your neighbor. And there are some other cultures that believe that you should love your neighbor. So, um, where would subjective morality be? According to subjective, oh, yes. according to subjective morality, it can be right for someone to get to rape anyone. It can be right for someone to kill anyone. That's what subjectivity would demand or not. It would demand you to to suck up to whatever societal standard there is. So that means morality would be subjective, and that's after subjectivity is is pretty much one of the greatest problems of the 21st century. You know, everyone wanting to be right in their own way. Which is something that yeah, if, if we want to begin to talk about now, it's going to be another topic. So let's give that. So yes, there will be no absolute standard. There will be no absolute right or absolute wrong. Then what else? The final thing yeah. is destiny. Since we came from nothing, we are um, a chaotic mess. Then our end is also a chaotic mess. 
we have no definition and we have no scope. So you see how bleak the um, future is for a person who claims to, to um, say that they're all good boys. It, it, it's such a, such a terrible thing. Um, and it's amazing to know that there are people who sincerely believe this. And, and I'd also like to say this thing, you know, when, when, one of the things that being in my heart about this meeting was the fact that there are people who um, are beginning to doubt God because they have seen situations in their lives where, you know, they've had emotional issues and then they, their understanding of who God is and what his nature is has um, affected their perspective of him. You know, and they need to see him differently. So if you have questions, you have personal things that you'd like to reach out to us, to us and talk with us, um, you can reach me on Facebook. My name is Daniel on Facebook, Daniel David Mulenga on Facebook. So you can reach any one of us on Facebook and um, on um, WhatsApp numbers that are quite difficult to memorize. But anyway, so, so remember that... Go on, go on. Before we go further, you know, um, like what you just from talking about, mm-hmm. as in, I've seen so many people um, in my life, mm-hmm. my short life, that have turned to become, you know, skeptic about God. Mm-hmm. And some of them have, you know, claimed to now become atheists, maybe based on the fact that, you know, I, I, I did this question and um, concerning evil and why God allows evil. Now, let me tell you this. I, I think for everyone that's hearing us right now, um, based on the few 20, 25 minutes that we've talked right now, it should have been something that should click in your mind. And that is what Frank Turek said, and I, and I posted it earlier on my papers. Um, Dr. Frank Turek said, it's, it takes much more faith to become an atheist than it does to become a Christian. Mm. Mm-hmm. You see, to become an atheist means you because everything is all about faith, and this is one thing people need to understand. Everything is all about faith. You either believe in something, and you don't believe in something, and you not believing in something means you actually believe in something. Mm-hmm. You understand? Right? Yeah, so that's true. Right. You know, it takes you need to solely believe. It takes so much faith because you have to. You have to disregard all these premises. You mm-hmm. have to disregard all your eyes. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we have so many things. We have miracles. We have we have um, creation itself is, is is a magnificent proof that God is real. But if people would want to pretend to not believe that no, this can't be God. Mm-hmm. This is not God. Even mm-hmm. if someone was to see a miracle. You know, it takes so little faith to, to believe that, okay, this is a doing of a supernatural being, and that supernatural being must be God. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, people will decide to actually believe that, no, God does not exist. And this is so true. You see, it will take so much out of you believing that God does not exist. It will take so much out of you because everything that comes your way, you try to explain, you try mm-hmm. to explain God out of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? You try to explain God out of me. And see, let me tell you this people, God, and as many as are hearing me, whether you're atheist or or Christian or whatever, you know, everything that we do will all end up as faith. Okay? It will all end up as faith. Yes, we might not answer every single question that you have. Maybe you became skeptical, you became atheist based on maybe 
um, some bad happening in your life. We might not know how painful that was. We mm-hmm. might not know what exactly happened. Mm-hmm. Your search for God must again be objective. Yeah. Let's wait till tomorrow to see what happens. 
he knows tomorrow. He's in tomorrow and in today yes. and he's in yesterday all at the same time. So there's another thing, there's another attribute of God which we are going to delve into and then from there we'll begin to um, proceed to the next question, which is the sovereignty of God. And I believe you have a lot to share with us uh-huh. on that. Yeah, please of course. Now, uh, when God was creating the earth, when God was creating 
the universe and everything. We see that he created laws, he created principles, which we see in his word, which is the Bible. Mm-hmm. All right? We see laws like uh, procreation. God created man, God created a woman, and then he says, go and multiply and have dominion. Go and replenish the earth. That was procreation. In other words, um, that law or that principle was that man and woman will meet together and then have a child. Right? Yeah, true. And then we see other things like, um, we see other things. You know, in, in, in Psalm 89 and 34, the Bible says that my covenant will I not break, and mm. the words that come out of my lips will I not alter. Mm. That's what the Bible says. In other words, uh, um, what God was just trying to say, my covenant, all the covenants or the principles I have made, I will not alter. Mm. You see, the scripture that says, um, uh, it says, um, the heaven and the earth will pass away, but my word will stand. That's what God says. Now, the truth is this. When God created the earth, he created principles, he created a covenant, he created his word. And in his word, he said himself that he will not violate his word. That means God actually has no power to turn back his word. Wow. Wow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> The word, I will not change the or change my word. God was going to change his word. That means the Bible should be editable. We should at least try to edit it from time to time. Instead of Romans chapter 1 having, let's say, 20 verses, you know, next year you should have 30 verses. God might have changed, you know. So, Exactly. So God's word is not editable. That means to say that God is sovereign, we must put it contextually. And that contextually means God is actually not in control over is bound by his word. Mm-hmm. Let me just say that. Mm-hmm. God is bound by his word. God will not act outside his word. Mm-hmm. Alright? For example, let me give an example and I'll be a bit quick. You know, in Psalm chapter 115 and verse uh, 16, Psalm 115, the Bible says, The heavens belong to the Lord, mm-hmm. but the earth has given to the sons of men. Mm-hmm. In other words, what, what, what God was saying there is that, um, and then apart from that, we see in Genesis going down there, you see that spirits were not allowed in the earth minus the body. That's God's word. And because God is, is bound by his word, it actually. It actually had to take God coming as a man to come and save man. Because God cannot come upon the earth minus a boat. Mm-hmm. Spirit cannot come into the earth minus a boat. Mm-hmm. So God himself, even though God, because some people ask me a question, like, if God is so powerful, why did he have to allow Jesus Christ to suffer? Why couldn't he just snap, you know, like Thanos would just snap his fingers and then everything would just happen like that? <laughs> you know, but then God did not do that. Why? Because he's bound by his word. His word is that no spirit will operate on the earth minus a body. And so that's why God, as a spirit, had to come in a man's body and mm-hmm. as Jesus Christ. Now, going to what I well, that was just an example of how God is bound by His word. Mm-hmm. Now, when God created man, listen to me, He created man with a free will, free okay. volition. All right, He created man with a free will. That means, you see, God wanted, didn't, didn't want a, God wanted to create a species that will, or a being that will worship Him, not out of compliance, but out of obedience. 
um, my love, my child, my, my child loves uh, blue shoes and anything blue. And so you now take your child to a shopping mall. You want to buy a child a toy, and then you find two similar toys, two exact toys, same toys, but then one is red and the other one is blue. And then you now tell your child pick a, a toy here. Yes, you know for for sure that my child's favorite color is blue, and you. You, you assume that, okay, because his favorite color is blue, he might as well choose blue, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but then the fact that you know that your child's favorite color is blue, does it mean that your child will actually choose blue? No. Blue toy? No. Not really, because he can as well choose the red one. True. Surprisingly. True. So, so you, are, you as a parent, you are only limited by your knowledge or your child, but then you are you have no control over what your child will choose. That's what happens. God knows that this is what will happen, and He has made plans for it. But then He will not control your ability to choose. He will not control your ability to 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 make decision or make the other decision. So the truth is this: man's free will and God's sovereignty can be reconciled. Wow. It can be because of, and it's a subject that has troubled so many people and you know, we 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 as human beings are limited by our finite brains, okay? We're limited by our finite brain. We cannot fully understand and reconcile um, these two things one hundred percent. We can only come this far. <laughs> has given you free will. And you know, this book sums up to love. See, sovereignty and free will display God's nature, which is the nature of love. Only a loving God would create man, okay, with a free will, knowing so well that this man will still reject me. You know, before before you go further, I, I'd like to I'd like to point something out, which is um something that properly explains what you're talking about. You know, there is um. <clears throat> Dr. Riley spoke about um, the the possibilities of the four possibilities of a world that could exist. Four possibilities of a world that could exist. Number one, a world that has absolutely nothing. A world. The second one is a world where there is no good, there is no evil. You could say a world that's immoral. Then the third world is a world where you can only do good. And then the fourth world is a world that has both possibilities of good and evil. And in all these four possibilities, there's only one of them that has choice. And that's the only one that's capable of love, and because love is based on choice. So it's, it's just it's just something very important to note. Some people say, oh, if God is so good, why don't you just make all of us do all the good things? Then you wouldn't be, it wouldn't be love. You can't say your you can't say your phone. You can't say your phone loves you. Because when you, when you say it's programmed to do what it does for you, you can't even say your phone hates you. Because if, if it's not working well and it's fixed, it, pro- it functions properly, so your phone cannot love or hate you because it has no choice. On the other hand, you can see mm-hmm. your dog can love and hate you because your dog has, mm-hmm. to a certain level, more choice than your phone does. Do you get what we're saying here? Mm-hmm. So um, that 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 aspect of free will and love, like love dwells in choice, and without choice there isn't love. Without choice there's just compulsion. You know, um, there are some countries in the world where the people are, are forced to do things. You know, you're forced to smile. They're forced yeah. to act a certain way, behave a certain way. And then, you know, yeah. they, they will tell you things like they love their leader, they love their president, they love their governor, whoever it is. But that's not love because they don't have the choice. Yeah. 
they haven't gone somewhere else. And so God giving us free will is actually a proof of the fact that he loves man so much. So he gives man the trust because love exists, love exists where there is trust. Yes. Please carry, yes. Please carry on your That's time. true. That just sums up every other thing. You know, it's an act of love. Only a loving God would give you and I free will. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, the song, um, only overwhelming, never ending. You know, um, Corey Asbury explained something, you know, in the song, you know, the origin of song. Mm-hmm. He said, God knew that we would deny him. Mm-hmm. But then he gave himself. He still did this thing. That's the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. And that's love. Wow. That's that's so much power. A person that can do that is selfless and powerful. You see, the most powerful people are the most selfless people. Mm-hmm. So that means, you see, that act of God giving us free will, and even knowing that we will still betray him, we will still deny him so many times, is so rich in itself. It's so powerful. I think, I think another thing that, you know, um, everyone listening would come to terms with is how, how our definition of, um, power and love and sovereignty has changed drastically from what you've been told. You know, um, yes. in the movies, in the movies, you see how the most powerful person is the person who, you know, can, can, uh, you know, there are two extremes. There's an extreme where the person oh. is the one who, Holds all power, like Thanos. If you probably watched the Infinity War, um, you know Thanos has all power and he wants to destroy everyone because he wants to save everyone. He's enforcing his will on everyone. Then there's another one where the person is so loving that he lets them do everything. But you see, God is, God is like when we understand how when we when we when we see God for who He is, we see that He doesn't fit into our ideas, our human ideas on how love is supposed to be. On how power is supposed to be shown, yeah. on how um, sovereignty is supposed to be demonstrated. You know, there was this, there was this, um, this thing um, you, um, you talked about, this story you shared. I just really want to share that story. Um, the one of Herod and um, the fact that how um, oh, yeah. King was willing to behead John the Baptist, who he knew was a prophet, because he had to keep his word. You can imagine a human being being willing go that far to keep his word. How much yeah. more God? Just to keep his word. How much more God, you know? So um that's true. Oh, that's amazing. That that's just amazing, you know. To to think of the fact that our on every every time when you you know, there was another thing you said. I I wish you had said that you know, you know, you said you, you mentioned how someone said that if we wanted to know all of God, if we wanted to know all of God then we wouldn't we wouldn't believe in his existence. Because there's some things that... Oh, yeah. Okay, okay, I remember. Um, okay, you go. You go. I'm sorry. There's, there's some things that our minds cannot grasp. You know, there's some things that... Because of the finite nature of our minds, you know, it's just too, too difficult for our minds to grasp. You know, there are questions beyond our mind reach. But if you just open your heart and just... I mean, um, these, these thoughts just guide you all the way. To finding truth. If you yes. sincere about your search for truth, your search for God, you will find him. He will find you. No, you will find him. He will find you. Just like some of you, yes. there's, there's, there's probably some of you listening to this, to this um, audio and then you've, um, you've pretty much given up on the 
on the existence of God, you're giving up on the goodness of God, you're giving up on God as a person, and you're saying, you know, God can't be real, can't be real, and all of these things are happening here, and you know, but if you just, if you just, if you just listen to us, if you just open your heart and just believe in Him, I and mean, you take a prayer at the end of the day, like that, but if you just, you just see much more, um, that God is better than the ideas you've had of Him are. That's that's a new thing. So I think this the final thing. The fi- Sorry, you want to say something? Yeah. Um, you, you've said everything actually, you've said everything, so we can go to the next, the next yes. point. Um, sorry, I think we have a question. Oh, there's a question. Yeah, so um, someone says, does this mean that for good to exist, evil has to exist? Okay, um, um, I want to go on this question, Daniel. Okay. Okay, so... Uh, this is by, I, I, don't, I don't think I should mention the person's name, but I, I don't think that's relevant. So, does this mean that for good to exist, evil has to exist? Let's put it this way. Um, I have what's right here. When, when you look at it in the, in the most um, basic definitions of things, evil isn't a thing. Evil is a deviation from a thing. I have water. Um, when water is not... Um, Clean water, you now say dirty water. When water is not going to be possible, you call it dirty water. So dirty water is kind of like saying evil water. If I remove the water out of the dirt, hmm? no, that's not a good example. If I remove um, the water out of the dirt, there is no such thing as dirty water again. Do you understand? So the, um, the, 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 let's bring that to another perspective. Look at a tree. If a tree begins to rot, you say that tree is a rotten tree. It is classified based on the fact that it is a tree. Did you get? So when you remove the tree out of the rottenness, you have nothing because there is no tree to be rotten. In the same way you have the water, there is no water to be dirty. And that's the same way with good and evil. There is um there is good and then evil is a deviation from good. So um this is where we're heading towards. So for evil to exist. Evil is a deviation from good. Does this make sense? So evil, evil, evil doesn't um is not it's not exactly you know people say like if God made everything, God made evil. He didn't make evil, he made good. And like I like to explain that there's a worldview with the possibility of good and evil. So for love to exist, there has to be that possibility of good and evil happening. So God didn't make evil, evil is a deviation from God's good. It's like you have you have a road, and then every time you drive on that road and you don't have an accident, it's good. But when you drive recklessly and lose control, you deviate from the road because an accident that was not intended. You understand? So the accident it does not mean that the road is a bad road. The accident just means someone deviated from the rules of driving and from the road itself. Do you get? Exactly. So do you, do you have something else to top up to that? Um, like you said, um, okay, can you please read the question again? It says, um, does this mean that for good to exist, evil had to exist? Okay, 
of myself. And then let me tell you, speaking of believer, there's something that Paul says in in First Corinthians. I can't remember the chapter, but then he talks about how people have um, you know the salvation of our bodies um, when Jesus Christ comes. You know, who will go with Jesus Christ? That's the word that is only full of good, mm-hmm. where evil and good do not coexist. Okay, but right now we're in, we're in a planet that um, where evil and good coexist. Now, this is what happens God created man with a free will, and man made decisions. Man made bad decisions which resulted into evil, man made good decisions which resulted into good. Okay. So, the truth is this it all goes back to free will. The reason why there is evil on this earth is because man. The fallen man, because man is in a fallen state, and so because man is in a fallen state, the decisions that man makes will either result into evil or result into good. For mm-hmm. example, if I abuse my free will, God, for example, has no, um, we can't say, um, why did God allow, for example, why did God allow that arm dropper to fire a gun and shoot someone? Mm-hmm. No. God didn't really allow it because remember God is bound by his word and God cannot actively, does not have active control over the earth without the man. Mm-hmm. So man who has a free will decided to pull a leader mm-hmm. and kill somebody. That's why it resulted into people. I, 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 I don't know if I'm making sense. Yeah, I, I get what you're saying. Yes, so that's why we have evil and that's why we have good because man is Talk about God as good. We talked about God as um, 
we, we talk about God as sovereign, and He seems like He's good. And this is this is this is something you already began. You you, you already started um, talking about. Since God is sovereign and good, why exactly is there evil in the world? Since God has that power, you know, um, one of the things you said is the um, is the free will of man. Yeah, you mentioned how man has the choice to choose for himself. So, other than man's choice, is there any other reason that we can see that there's evil in the world? Why doesn't God do anything about evil in the world? Mm. Mm. Do you want me to take that point? Yes. Alright. But I know you shed more light on it. Alright, no problem. Um, Okay. Uh, One other reason why, um, even though God has no control over the earth, but we still see evil, is the fact that the earth is a fallen state. What does that mean? Sorry? What does he mean to say the earth is in a fallen state? What what does that imply? Okay, what it, what what he means is this. Um, remember the scripture I quoted on um some some one hundred and fifteen verse sixteen. Okay. Right? The Bible says, um, the heavens belong to the Lord. I'm just paraphrasing. The heavens belong to the Lord, but the earth has been given to the sons of men. Okay. Now, when God created the earth, remember He gave Adam the power to make decisions over the earth, to do whatever he wanted to do for the earth, right? And then Adam named everything. In other words, the power for the earth was given into Adam's hands. Mm-hmm. Okay? It was given into Adam's hands. And so, you know, when Adam fell, or when man fell, because Adam is just man, so when Adam fell, everything in his possession fell with him. That mm-hmm. includes the earth. So that's why we see in Romans chapter 8 and verse... Um, 18, uh, 19, 20, 21, especially 20, says the earth was subject or mm. subjected to perversion. It was subjected to vanity. In other words, the image of the earth or the purpose of the earth was bent to be, to be perverted or to be perverted. It, it means to be bent from its original image or from its original intent. Alright, so initially God created the earth to be a place where man would even dwell with animals. You know, you could touch a lion, you could, you know, do all those things, you won't get sick of malaria, there will be no earthquakes, there will be no coronavirus and all those things. That was the original intent of, uh, that God, you know, created the earth. Mm-hmm. But then when man fell, that means he felt down everything that was in his possession. And so uh, the earth came into a fallen state. And so that means the earth is in a fallen state, and so it became susceptible to diseases. It became, it became susceptible to evil. That is why we see tsunamis. That is why we see earthquakes. That is why we see natural disasters. Natural disasters aren't the plan of God. Mm. They aren't the purpose of God. They aren't the wrath of God. That's one thing people really need to understand. Coronavirus isn't the wrath of God. Mm. If this was the wrath of God, then churches would still have been open. That means you know, people that are in the church won't have been affected. True. Alright, if God is angry with sinners, in affecting sinners, mm. they see that. Yeah. Yeah, so I think you should more like on it. I believe you have more to say. Yeah, so like you like you like you pointed out, there's the um the the holy nature of man. You know, I, I like to think of it this way. You know, imagine you have a class rep, rep a class rep, or um, a class captain, or, or a school prefect. You know, um, I remember 
back in, in secondary school, we used to have this issue with our field. Um, whenever we, whenever girls wanted to play basketball, because we had just one basketball court, whenever girls wanted to play basketball, our sports prefect had to go. The um, the, the female sports prefect had to talk with the male sports prefect, and then they had to talk to the principal. So if the guy decided, and of course we. To be very honest, the girls in the school were really good basketball players. If, if any of you are watching, I'm so sorry, but that was the truth. So it was just, I felt, I felt like they were trying to like just get a boss, you know, and take away our free time. So, but like the point was, if our sports prefect decided, hey guys, um, I am, you know, we're not going to play football today or we're not going to play basketball today, that meant that all of us, even if we had no inclusion in the decision, even if some of us did not like the decision, we were all um, bound to that decision because he was our representative. And this is another thing we need to, exactly. people need to understand when you think of Adam and you think of man. You see, Adam is the representative of man. If if Adam couldn't represent man, that means that Jesus could not represent us either. So the same way that Jesus bore the sins of the world and whoever believed in him, Will not perish. That's the same way Adam um, puts all of us in the falling state. So everyone by default, because of what Adam has done, we are born in this. And that's why um, a man had, had ought to believe in Jesus to be saved. Oh. Praise the Lord. Yes. Say praise the Lord. I'm so sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Alright. So um yeah, that, that that basically is it. So that's I'm 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 I need to find out if we have any um any notification. Um could someone please okay because I'm finding it difficult to access my mixer from here. Um do we have any other question? I don't think we do. I don't think we do. Okay, let's move let's, let's move forward. So yeah, so um so final notes, we've been able to, you know, there was another question that it seemed like you didn't answer, but I, I just like to throw, shed some light on that and then we move forward. And it's why does it look like God is different in the Old Testament and the New Testament? There's one other thing we didn't talk about, and that's the character of God. Um, one other characteristic of God, rather, that we didn't talk about, and that's his immutability. So immutability does not mean that God cannot keep quiet. It means that God does not change. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. So if you understand, and the New Testament gives us a picture of who God is, and the Bible says that in Hebrews chapter 1, verse 3, it says he's the express image of, of um, the God. Of the, the word used there for the copy, or the express image, is the word character. So it means that how God is, is how Jesus is. So if we see Jesus, we see God. Well, we see Jesus do, we see mm-hmm. God do. So when people begin to question, why is it that God looks different? Um, first of all, you'd have to have a proper lens to see God. And the lens to, by which we see God is found in Jesus. So Jesus. if we look at Jesus, what do we see in Jesus? We see goodness. We see love. We see um, patience. We see, we see all of those things. And that's the character of God. So it's not like, you know, God in the Old Testament was um, was different from God in the New Testament. Not exactly. I mean, there are a whole lot of other factors that we may not be able to um, 
you know, discuss right here on forum that, but the, the, the important thing to note is that God didn't change. You know, some people think that the difference between the Old Testament and the New Testament is just one chapter, like one empty space. You know, and then in that empty space, God, God was repaired to you. He was like, ah, speak as foolish. Let's see, God leads you out. It, well, that's not what happened. God, God's character didn't change, right? Um, God's character didn't change. That's, that's the important thing to know. That let that guide um, your, your question. See, God's character did not change from the Old Testament to the New Testament. His character didn't change at all. So, yeah, that, that answers that. Um, we know we didn't answer that extensively, but we're almost out of time. This is 827. Um, so hopefully we'll be able to address this in future episodes. Um, you know, let's, let's just, um, pray for, in this time we're going to take prayer for as many people as are in this value of questions and they, they just want to know if God is really there. You've been hurt emotionally. Um, you know, um, you've been abused by people. You know, and it seems like these things just keep on happening, and then you've been praying, and then God isn't doing anything. Um, then could you just take prayer for people like that? Sorry? Could you just take prayer for those people? Let's just take prayer okay, right now. Okay, okay, sorry, at the end it's, it's, it comes. All right, let's, let's pray. Um, Father, in Jesus' name, thank you. Thank you for, thank you for today. Thank you for this opportunity, this wonderful privilege that we have, that we've listened to your word and we believe and we know that many people's lives have been touched. Father, I pray in Jesus' name for many people that are in the valley of decision, that, that are in the valley of indecision. Many people that are at the verge of giving up on their faith. Many people that have so many questions, so many doubts. I pray in the name of Jesus because you are a God that searches for man. And, and, and Father, we know that there is wisdom in you, and we know that your spirit has been sent forth to teach us truth, to show us Jesus Christ, who is the perfect image of you. And Father, I pray for all of them in Jesus' name, that the mm. Father, they find solution, mm. that Father, they find answer, that their mm. eyes are open. I pray mm. in the name of Jesus, that the eyes of the understanding are open, O oh Lord. I mm. also pray that the light of your glorious gospel, mm. it shines in their hearts, mm. it shines and permeates all throughout their hearts, and mm. it affects their lives in the name of Jesus, mm. as many as are suffering from pain of losing a loved one and then they are bringing it on you. I pray in the name of Jesus that by your spirit they receive comfort. Amen. I know that they receive answers Amen. and they receive the clarity of your love. They receive the clarity of your nature Amen. in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you Heavenly Father because we know that your word will spread that the gospel will transform in the name of Jesus as many are Lord at the verge of giving up, that their faith is shaking. I pray that their faith fails not. Mm. I pray that their faith fails not. Mm. In the name of Jesus Christ. Mm. Heavenly Father, I pray that even as your word comes forth in their life, Father, their faith is built. Mm. Their faith grows. Mm. In Jesus' mighty name, the mm. you, King of glory. Mm-hmm. We bless your name, Father. Mm-hmm. In Jesus' name we pray. Mm. That's amazing. Amen. You know, um, for those of you listening now, and you weren't available last week when we did um, evangelism questions and the gospel, which is what brought us into what we have today. Um, the the um, the message is available. The message, the audio, <laughs> the audio broadcast has been made available um, thanks to our media team. So it's going to be on bit.ly forward slash Thursday Apologetics. That's um, T-H-U-T with capital T, Thursday, 
and then A with the capital A, A P O Apollo, A P O L O G E T I C S. Thursday apologetics. Yes, please. If, if you could help us, um, I'm hoping one of um, um some one some of the people using the Kairos account, please um help us um uh, paste the link bit.ly slash Thursday apologetics. So this recording, the audio for this is going to be made available on the um, on the link as well. So um, if you have friends that you know you'd love them to hear this good news, if you know people, and if you yourself you want to listen to this from time to time, um, it will be made available by Saturday, Friday Friday evening Saturday. It will definitely be available there. So thank you so much for being here. We'll be live again next Thursday. So please make sure you're here. There's, there's, there's a whole lot of good stuff we have to share. Next Thursday is going to be oh, amazing. Yeah, that's and then that's we have, we have, when posters come out, please help us share on your, on your social media platforms. We'll keep on doing what we're doing. Um, I also want to say hi to my mom again. She's here again today. Hi mom. I don't know if she's left because, because of the, um, I think she might have had network issues at one point in time, but she was here for most of it. Then, um, Jamaica, um, um, he joined us too on Facebook. So thank you to every one of you who spent your time to listen to us on Mixler. And for those of you who are listening to the recording, we, we love you so much. Thank you so much. Have a beautiful day. Thank you, Daniel. Thank you so much. Thank you, Daniel, thank for being you. here. Um, have thank a lovely day. So Until next Thursday. Um, and then if you have questions, yes, if you have questions, just put them on Mixler. We promise you we will attend to every question in the best way we can. You can, if you, if you'd like to, we should have found the bit.ly. We'll make a link available for you to ask questions and for us to get in touch with you. Okay. So thank you so much for being here. Have a lovely day.